You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I'm your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about Black Lightning Season 3. But before we do that, just a few updates. Beth and I just finished Season 1 of Titans. It was okay. I do think it improved as it went on. We also saw the premiere for Season 2, which was sort of the conclusion to the Season 1 story arc. It felt almost like the writers just got sick of the storyline and just ended it abruptly. There seemed like a lot of plot holes. There seemed like a lot of things that they were trying to retroactively shoehorn in that had never been said or been the case in season one, and suddenly everyone's acting like it had always been that way. So it was kind of a mixed bag, but I am kind of excited for the groundwork that they were putting in in that last episode uh, or that first episode of season two for what the rest of season two is going to be. So I'm a little hopeful that I will enjoy that more. Otherwise, not a whole lot else to report. We're going to do Doom Patrol after we finish Titans. Then we'll probably do Mandalorian and then Star Trek Discovery just kind of binging through those shows as we go. I'm still looking forward to Chicago TARDIS. Still don't know anything about their panel lineup or what panels I'm going to be on, but I will report that to you as soon as I know it. But yeah, um, with that being said, uh, I think it's time to join the podcast already in progress. First up, he's a dinosaur. He's two different celebrities. He He now has his own theme song theme song mike nelson how are you doing i'm doing good brother doing good <laughs> i need to upload it for you man like like ben who's now been doing some of my editing uh for me he uh he was like i heard you guys talking in this episode about why doesn't anyone make a mashup of the uh of the mst3k theme and the jurassic park theme and he was like so i did it <laughs> and i'm like oh man that is amazing <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> so you got your own theme song. I am pumped. <laughs> I'm scared, but I am pumped. Yeah, I haven't had time to upload it anywhere yet, but as soon as I do, man, I will link you to it so that you can listen to your th- your song. So wheat. <laughs> so uh how have things been going? Uh much better than the last podcast I was on with you. Uh if you remember last time I, I hurt my back mm-hmm. and uh, I can say that I am definitely much, I'm 90% better. And the only reason mm-hmm. I'm 90% is because I still have a little tightness in my leg that I'm doing physical therapy for. But other mm-hmm. than that, like I'm sleeping, I'm sitting, I'm not jogging because I cannot really, if the zombie apocalypse happened right now, it's like my girlfriend's already said, I'm leaving you. I'm like, I understand. <laughs> Just leave me the gun. I'll be perfectly fine. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I had back surgery 10 years ago or so. And uh, yeah, it sucks. And that was the crazy thing is that I saw the ortho surgeon and he told me I was going to get the shot in the back. And mm-hmm. that was the day like I was still in pain. The next day, I'm perfectly fine. Like I had no problem sitting. I laughed. It didn't hurt. I sneezed. It didn't hurt. I'm like, what just happened? I didn't get the Sometimes shot. Sometimes you pop something and then you pop it back. Yeah, fear. Fear popped it back in. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's happened to me before too. I've had some really bad back pain that I couldn't get rid of and then it suddenly just went away. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I'm still keeping it very light, not picking up anything. I'm, I am now bending down so much to pick things off the floor because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not bending over. I'm bending down. Yeah. Yeah. Bend at your knees. That's one of the things that I learned. Don't bend at your back, bend at your <laughs> knees, just kneel down and then reach for something. Don't, don't mm-hmm. bend your back over. Yep. Yep, and I just loving you. my lumbar chair, so it's even better. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, this is something I don't wish on anyone because having, like, severe back problems is the absolute worst. It was just so, it was so bad. It was just so scary because I didn't think I was actually going to, uh, to do anything because I was just paralyzed. That was my biggest fear. Yeah. Well, yeah, because your back is the thing that connects everything else. So it's like, so yeah, if you have like a bad arm or whatever, like that's fine. You just make do with your other arm and with your legs and everything else. But like, if you have a bad back, it's like, you can't do anything, you know? So yeah, it's, it's a problem. <sighs> well, other than that, I've been good. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah. so other than the back, <laughs> you know, the issue, back, you know? it's uh business as usual, uh, just being uh, playing it safe with COVID-19 running around. Uh, uh-huh. it, this is the first time, this is of course my first IT job and I'm lucky enough to work in the healthcare side of it and seeing all of this and literally getting the multiple emails from our CEO on what we need to do. It's, it's just staggering. So, I mean, I, I walk, go, I go everywhere with my mask. Like mm-hmm. I just, my friends and family want to see me. It's like mask, mask. Yeah. Like, I'm putting mine on, and I'm protecting myself and you. So just don't get around me. <laughs> yeah, it's a scary time right now. That's for sure. It's, uh, and, and the problem is all the people who aren't taking it seriously are just prolonging it for everybody else. Yeah, yeah. That's, this is going to be a, a, a wicked and wild summer. Yep, and everything's going to open, and then there's going to be huge numbers of sick people. Yep. Thanks, Florida. oh man well uh, well, that's a bit of a downer but oh well yeah (laughs) i'm glad that you're feeling better mike i am so happy Uh, oh oh you know oh before before we we, before we introduce anybody else i do need to ask when when does shooting recommence on your various projects um well we're really happy how westworld turned out uh the fans aren't really happy with it but we we did a lot of good work with it uh uh, I don't know if you saw, but I was just uh, on an interview with Samantha B talking about some projects. Uh, no, I missed we, that. We, we're still trying to hope that we can actually do a good press tour for Quantum. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, for, the, for our next James Bond movie, uh, No yeah. Time to Die. And flipped <laughs> <laughs> on me a little bit. Oh, that's bad. For shame. For shame, <laughs> sir. Forgetting the name of your movie. Uh, it's just been so long since I've seen the cast, and it's just. <laughs> COVID-19 has really messed up things. Yeah. <laughs> but, but luckily, I've just really just been hanging out, 
uh, just trying to relax. And it's been, it's been a good relaxation right now. It's trying to get back into work. We're just waiting for everything to kind of calm down. So we're, we're playing yeah. it safe. Okay. Well, that's good to hear at least, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been curious about the process of things like starting up again, you know, uh, cause I know different productions are trying to start up again while, while also trying to be safe. And I'm just kind of curious how that's going to work. I'm, I'm imagining everybody just acting in their own individual studio with a green screen and then <laughs> trying to like <laughs> trying to merge it all together and post and have people, it's like, they're not acting with anyone. It's just, Try to pretend they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably going to be a lot of temperature checks throughout the yeah. day. Yes, yes, I, I imagine so. But anyway, <laughs> I love the fact that you never bat an eyelid when I start treating you like you're Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> no, never, no, no longer. Oh, man. Any, right. Anytime comes, uh, I, someone comes up to me, even when I see Jeffrey Wright anywhere, because it was uh, full, full frontal with Samantha B on TBS, her talk show, she had Jeffrey Wright on it. I turned to my girlfriend, hey, I did an interview with Samantha B. I look good. <laughs> the, best, the best, though, is that you, your mom even was fooled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that still kills me. That's actually in my comedy routine when I do, when I do stand up. That's it's always a killer because it's like, why? Oh, it's so good. All right, anyway, it's good to have you back on. Good to be back, brother. So next up, he is our video gamer. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that because Mike's on the podcast too. But he absolutely loves video games and podcasts about them. And he always has a drink in his hand. And that is James. James, how are you doing? Doing pretty good, um, all things considered with everything going on. But yeah, no, it's actually given me a lot of time to kind of kind of get into the full swing of uh, some things that I've I've been intending to do and uh, either I procrastinate about or I'm just too lazy. Sure. <laughs> I know you're starting back up your podcast. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Oh, and what are you drinking tonight? Oh, what am I drinking? Uh, so tonight, uh, I'm drinking a Chardonnay, <laughs> mm. which I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't think I've ever actually drank wine while I've podcasted. <laughs> I, it's always like whiskey, maybe a beer. Like, I, right. But, yeah. I, I thought you were going to give me the entire history and pedigree of the whiskey you were having, because that's what you I know. do. Well, you know, I do have, I guess, an entire whiskey and pedigree for this wine, according to what's on the bottle. I don't, I actually, uh, well, I, I had to take a moment and just, uh, mm, mm. yeah, no, that's not a bad Chardonnay, actually. I hadn't even tasted it yet. I poured the glass and I was just letting it, was letting it breathe because it's right. so sophisticated. Um <laughs> So uh, this is a, it's just a 2017 Chardonnay from California, mm -hmm. which is pretty common. Um, it's called Bud Break, which uh, initially, like, I think when I bought this, I was like, did they make it with like marijuana? What? Um, <laughs> no, they didn't do that. Not at all. Um, so it's actually pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's uh, got notes of green apple and lemon zest and creme brulee with a toasty vanilla oak finish. And I can definitely taste like kind of that vanilla oak finish in there and that mm. apple mm. so it's just a very uh 
yeah, it's a very refreshing, like light wine. Um, so it's not too bad. I think I picked this up from like a store here in town that we have called the Grocery Outlet. Uh, mm. They kind of have stuff that maybe is closer to a shelf expiration or doesn't sell very well typically at like other stores. Mm-hmm. I think I picked this up for like five bucks. And honestly, for a $5 wine, it's not too shabby. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I thought that in honor of the fact that like whiskey is Jefferson Pierce's drink of choice also oh, that you would. <laughs> that's such a good point. I didn't even think about that tonight. Oh, I know because last time we did an episode on this, I like, I was like, I got to find that whiskey. And like, I did all kinds of internet sleuthing to try to figure out what it was. Yes, you did. That is one of my very strong memories of that podcast. <laughs> Turns out folks it's a fictional whiskey which is really disappointing but but uh, you hunted down like the actual screenshots and could tell like what it said on the whiskey label and everything so so Uh, that was great yeah Yeah, i still haven't found something that was like close to what it might have been um or, or at least what i would imagine jefferson pierce would drink so uh the the journey still continues okay Okay. All right. Well, um, so any, uh, any other geekery that you've been getting up to lately? Um, not much. Uh, so yeah, uh, I said getting the podcast up and running. So, um, recently finished the final fantasy seven remake, uh, played that game and it was a lot of fun. Uh, the, the cliff note is it's not at all what you expect if you haven't played that game yet. Uh, but it is a lot of fun. It's really pretty. Um, got super psyched. Uh, they just announced the new Assassin's Creed game, Valhalla, coming out. And I'm just a huge nerd for that franchise. Like, huge. Like, I'm getting a tattoo. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I have all of the, like, collector's edition figurines. Uh, the only one I don't have was from the very first game. And that one's really hard to find. Um, so... Yeah, uh, I as soon as they announced it, I was on their website within an hour of its announcement, purchasing and pre-ordering the collector's edition. So uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, not too much. Yeah, like uh, I've just been, kind of been rehashing some like nerdy movies from like the like late '90s, early 2000s era. Like I, I just watched uh, the Matrix movies, and by the Matrix movies, I'll clarify that I watched the Matrix which is still just great. Uh, I watched The Animatrix, which is pretty okay. And I watched The Matrix 2, which isn't amazing. It's okay. We all know what the problems are. And I don't acknowledge that The Matrix 3 exists. <laughs> so so it never ends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, okay. it's just like, oh, it's just, you know, Neo, he's just amazing. And he went on to do amazing things, I'm sure. We'll just... We'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, cool deal. Oh, so you said that you're a big fan of Assassin's Creed and, um, you know, they had the movie that came out a few years back and <laughs> I kept hearing so much negativity from people who played the video game. So I'm kind of curious, what do you think of the Assassin's Creed movie? Because I never even bothered watching it. Yeah. Yeah. So easily enough. Um, I mean, so... <sighs> There are good things. There are bad things, for sure. Uh, the the animus that is like it, it's a linchpin kind of uh, feature that's in the game. It's it's this device that allows the user to travel back through the DNA of um, an ancestor, or eventually at any point, 
literally anybody. They could just get the DNA of anyone and some random user could use it. So the animus that they built in this, like, I like what they were trying to make sense of out of it. Like, they made it this giant device that allows the user basically to be in their memory. I don't know, but they can, like, jump around and stuff. It's something that, like, in any of the games was never necessary. It was like, no, they just lay on a bed, and then they live the memories in their mind. And (laughs) they do all those things. Um, But as far as, like, everything that happens, at least for me in the assassin memory where it's like back in this like period of time um and it's the spanish assassin a lot of that stuff like for the most part i thought the the choreography was pretty well done um i thought the a a lot of the scenes were um kind of appropriate to being assassin-y uh but as far as like overall plot and everything it was it wasn't anything to like bat an eye at and the problem is is I was like, Michael Fassbender, why did you do this? Why did you you specifically do this? Like, anybody else could have taken this role. But for some reason, you, the guy who's like, I'm Magneto, for God's sake. (laughs) It was like, why did you take this on? Uh, Because this was definitely, it's it's up there with, like, when you watch a Resident Evil movie, I would say. Like, it's not great. It's okay. It's, it's, It's garbage entertainment, kind of. It's like, you know, if you got nothing else to watch. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you told me what I needed to know. Thank yeah. you. Because <laughs> yes, the Michael Fassbender's involvement was the main reason why I was interested, but I just heard so much negativity that I was like, yep. maybe I don't need to watch this movie. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, James, it's good to have you back on the show. Good to be back. Uh, unfortunately, Eric will not be joining us for this episode. Eric Ratcliffe was going to be on the show. Uh, he was actually on with us for uh, the very beginning, but uh, had to drop out because he's having severe internet issues. So uh, since we won't be introducing him, you know what time it is. It's time for our five-minute controversy. And that's where we talk about something in the Geekosphere as a way of unwinding before our actual uh, topic. And it's so that you can learn a little bit about us and so that we can just, you know, talk about something else sort of geeky and, and, and you know, get get sort of prepped up for, uh, for our the main topic. So, so this week, I wanted to talk about something that blew up about I don't know, three weeks before the recording uh, today. Um, You know, time has no meaning now with coronavirus. Um, Where uh, I was seeing all these posts all over Facebook, and then I followed it back to Twitter where it started, where um, basically people are saying that the depiction of orcs in D&D is racist. Um, And I will quote specifically from the... Uh, D&D book that people are calling out here. Um, It says, most orcs have been indoctrinated into a life of destruction and slaughter, but unlike creatures who by their very nature are evil, such as gnolls, it's possible that an orc, if raised outside its culture, could develop a limited capacity for empathy, love, and compassion. No matter how domesticated an orc might seem, its blood just its bloodlust flows just beneath the surface. With its instinctive love of battle and its desire to prove its strength, an orc trying to live within the confines of civilization is faced with a difficult task. So, with that, <laughs> here we go. Are, 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 are orcs? Is is the idea? Is the concept of orcs? racist 
So why don't we start with you, Mike? Oh, you bastard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so, so I read that paragraph and I didn't see it as racist. Yeah. I find the person who said it's racist is a racist. <laughs> because as a black man, I read it as like the bloodlust just flows just beneath the surface. What? Yeah. Like the bloodlust? <laughs> like, well, you mean all the pent up frustration we've had for mm, over a hundred years because of slavery? Is that, is that what we're going with? Is that what we're trying to make that clear, defined definition? Like, are we calling black people just inherently violent? Is that what we're going with? Because that's why I find it. I didn't see the book as saying that we are racist. I see this person that's trying to make it racist a racist. Well, I mean, so, so what people are saying is that it's the same kind of things that people have used to say that people of color, like when they came from either Africa or Asia or whatever, that inherently they're in some way savage. That yes, you can civilize them, you can teach them to be more European in their, you know, you know, et cetera, you know, culturally or whatever, but then there's still, it's still like a savage that you've somehow elevated, you know, and and I just don't, I don't see it personally, but I definitely want to hear James comment on that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, James. What you got? Uh, well, okay. So, so backstory for, for the listeners is I'm, I'm fairly new into the D&D. <laughs> um, I started playing a few months ago with some friends. We'd done about seven sessions. And so uh, I've, I've learned a lot of things, um, which... I mean, I mean, out of what I've learned, which is like, so in our particular game, <laughs> like there, there, it's a fantasy world in which like all kinds of politics can exist. Like, uh, like a character can be racist. A character can be not racist. The person playing them could inherently be a racist in real life and play a character that's not, which is bizarre. But like this is the way that I I can see these games going. So it's just like, yeah, when I read this description and I'm like, in like like you're suggest I, I'm kind of with Mike on this. It's like, are you suggesting like there's just this inherent thing? Like you made it weird. Like I didn't do. Like I never <laughs> that. Um, with that said, it's like the game I'm in. It's like we have an elf in our group who's just like, goblins are trash. Period. All of them. They should just be eliminated. And like, I talked to the guy after we made the character. I was just like, so your character's racist towards goblins? And he goes, oh, totally, totally. Goblins. <laughs> and I was just like, but you yourself, like I've known you for a while now and you're you're like the nicest guy. Like you're not at all, like not a, not a lick of it. And he goes, oh no. He goes, but in this game, if you look at the history of the elves and what they think about goblins, oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Like he would hate goblins. And oh, for sure, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just like, so yeah. I think it is what people want to make it, and that's what, yeah, exactly. This guy kind of did. It's like he he made it racist by like inferring this. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. Like I, I've ran into this too in like World of Warcraft where people have made those same kinds of like side-by-side -side comparisons of like certain, um, races in that game, uh, compared to like races in real life. And I'm like, ah, but again, like it's, it's just a backstory there. I don't think there was any inherent, um, like I or not inherent, but there there wasn't there wasn't any malcontent 
intended in that. Like, I, it, it was just like somebody was like, yeah, I think this would just be cool to write about orcs because they're orcs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when you when you really look at this, because, I mean, again, I'm, I'm back in the World of Warcraft, and I know, like, I know 100% of the World of, War, of Warcraft lore. Like, I am in that zone, and I've played D&D &D as well. We're looking at basically a a species uh, that definitely, I mean, the, everything role-playing as an orc, that's all true. But when you try to bring it to the real life, to our reality, trying to put a color behind it is just obnoxious. And it says more about the person than it really does about even the people who even wrote out this made-up fictional character or, or even this these uh, these people well yeah the thing that i keep going back to is you know star trek and you know klingons used to be depicted as just like they were white actors with blackface on right you know like i yeah. mean that was that was what how they used to be depicted and then they decided quite rightly that hey you know we got to update this and so with next generation it's actually like no these are like legitimate aliens and and they look very different from humans it's not just a guy in blackface you know you have michael dorn and you know a black man portraying the klingon and so you know, they, they now, see, Klingons are black people. I, I, I will no, go with no, that. no, 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 no. <laughs> but brothers. the idea of Klingons, in, I mean, because, you know, you could say the same thing about Worf that this book is saying. He was raised by humans, yep. but he still has, like, aggressive tendencies that are genetic as part of just being a Klingon. And to me, it's like, okay, this is not like an actual human being. So it's like basically if you took this to its logical extreme you could not have aliens or other races of beings in any of your fiction because if you did that if they were in any way different from humans then you're being racist because yeah. you're basically calling out a specific subset of humanity as part of that race or you could infer that or whatever because it's like to me it's like it's no problem if you say klingons have you know more testosterone or whatever than humans do that's just a genetic difference of their race and so that means that yes they have these differences that are inherently inbuilt genetically you know the thing is in the early days of DD, all orcs were evil you could not have a good orc it was just like yes orcs are evil and in modern DD, it's like no there there can be a good orc but there are certain you know inbuilt racial you know genetic tendencies that they have and to me that's not that's not a problem because they aren't humans, right? We're not saying that, hey, black people, Asian people, you know, Aboriginal people from Australia, you know, whatever kind of, you know, Native American people, whatever, you're not calling out a human race. You know, you're calling out the specific thing that was created different. And that's why elves, well, elves are kind of, you know, a little more passive and withdrawn or what, like, who are you calling out by that? What are you, are you, what about dwarves? They're all short, you know? It's like, are you calling out somebody with that? You know, I mean, you could be, you could take this to its ridiculous extreme, you know, with any of the races in D&D. So that's kind of my problem with it is it's like to have the diversity of creature types and culture types in D&D, &D, you have to allow for there being a wide variation of emotional makeup and physical makeup of beings. You know, and it's just like what Star Trek does with aliens. That's why I keep on making the comparison because Star Trek's been around long enough that there are thousands of aliens that have been created for Star Trek. 
and they run the full gamut from like you know having no bodies and being all mine to you know being like you know somewhat simple to being the very aggressive you know klingons and it's like unless you like start putting your own baggage on it there isn't a problem exactly <laughs> all right well i'm gone I, I, that's the thing like the problem is the people who on my feed were like making a big issue about this are people who will probably never get on this podcast to talk about it because that's what <laughs> I really I really want to get some people on to talk about this that would actually take the side of oh no this is racist because yeah, the well, funniest how many flat earthers do you know though <laughs> well the funniest one was one of the people who was doing it is a big Star Trek fan and I really want to directly confront her with the how do you feel about oh. Klingons. <laughs> Ooh, that was starting some shit. That was starting so much. Oh right. my god. Well, that uh, makes for such good podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, all right. So we're all in agreement here on this one. Um, yeah, it's you know you can say Tolkien was a racist, and we've taken that baggage into D and D, but you know there might have. I mean. Tolkien grew up in a time when British was a colonial empire, so I'm sure he had some, you know, uh, racist, you know, notions or whatnot. But that doesn't mean that the idea of orcs, especially how they're done now in D&D, is in any way racist. So. Don't put your baggage on it. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, stop gating it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Alright. So, uh, yeah, with that, let's pause for a moment for a promo from another fine podcast. What is the Rusted Robot Podcast? Hey there, this is Sean. This is Josh. And this is Kitty. We're your weekly geekly pop culture news. We talk about comic books. Movies. Anime. Celebrity deaths. <sighs> collectibles. Toys. Movie news. Upcoming trailers. And so much more. Check us out on the ESO Network and everywhere podcasts are found. Your nerdy news specialist, the Rusted Robot Podcast. And we're back. And like I talked about at the top of the show, we're going to talk about Black Lightning Season 3. Um, it's actually kind of funny because in between segments, we were talking offline, talking about how it was kind of weird to think about the fact that Supergirl was on Season 5. I even have a hard time with Black Lightning because there's so few episodes per season being like, man, is it Season 3 already? It feels like it's just Season 2. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we have, um, our third season of Black Lightning and I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of curious, especially from you, Mike, because you binged this season just before the podcast so that we could talk about it. And of course I was watching it week to week. So what's sort of your overall impression of the season having just like sort of blown through the whole thing? This season was, was wild. It's somehow they can still hit the cultural points uh, for, for, for a black community in the middle of what seems to be basically war. Like the whole city is occupied. It's on martial law. And yet we're still fighting the racial tones that they have apparently the time to still do. And it just, and even like I told you, like as soon as I started the first episode and once it ended, I messaged you. It's like this episode just kicked the door open and went with it. 
there was, I was expecting some kind of lead in, but no, they were just like, we're occupied. Was there like an episode I missed that say there? Don't you, you were just going into it. Okay. I'm cool. I'm here. I'm in the, I'm in the world. Let's do this. Um, but yeah, it was again, like, uh, I mean, a 16 episode season again. And I guess that's just where they just want to hit. And I, I will have to say like, with it being 16 episodes, I didn't feel like there was a filler in any episode. Well, okay, besides the Jen episodes. Jen is the absolute worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, their, their sort of crisis tie-in episode was a filler. I mean, that was definitely... I was so happy part- <laughs> about the crisis episode. I'm like, it's crisis! It's crisis! It's Jen. Oh, crap! <laughs> <laughs> but I will say yeah. that even though I'm not a fan of Jen, that episode... That episode was actually a character building for her, and I absolutely, I actually loved that episode mm-hmm. because it gave more of a foundation for her on what she needed to do, uh, and, and saw the parallel universes versions. And but yet again, just the next episode after, did you learn no episode? You didn't learn the lesson. <laughs> you didn't learn it, but. This was, once again, just a, another fantastic season for Black Lightning for me. Uh, I absolutely loved everything that they brought into it, even the, even the bombshells that they dropped. And Agent Odell, oh, I remember you from Predator, sir. You're much more likable in Predator. I don't know what you did from Predator to now to become this, this evil. Woo. Oh, bad yeah. man. Agent Odell played by friend of the show, Bill Duke. <laughs> right. oh bill That's right. all right all right so the, so the story there is like uh, i very rarely even though every time i tweet about an episode i usually like just throw tags to like every actor i can that's a part of the show or movie or whatever just to does. see just to see if they'll get any traction only two times have I gotten one of the celebrities in question to actually like my post. And one of the times was Bill Duke about our Black Lightning season two episode. So he is now a friend of the show, Bill Duke. <laughs> <laughs> the other one uh, was uh, Cassie Lang's actress, whose name escapes me uh, right now, uh, liked my Ant-Man and the Wasp movie podcast. <laughs> so She is an awesome little girl. And I'll brook no no one saying otherwise about her. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, but uh, but yeah. Oh God, he's chilling. That was that was some stone cold stuff. Just yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's like it's like I understand it's acting, but like, how do you like just like embody a character who's so empty inside <laughs> it's like, it's Bill, like his manner, everything about him like just the lack of animation or anything and his like whole thing it's like somebody who is literally hollow inside it's he just... smiled and i freaked out <laughs> he just cracked a smirk i'm like is he smiling <laughs> what no scary Please, no stop it frown frown go back to frown <laughs> oh man yeah he's good uh so james what did you think about this season yeah so i mean this was this is a great season um i mean so far every season i've just been incredibly happy with um mm. this season i think mike touched on a lot of really good stuff where uh yeah like we 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 see this basic police state uh where 
uh, everybody's being deposed and, um, you know, martial laws active and there's these checkpoints and it, it's, it's intense. Like it's, it's very much a lot of, I think what, uh, you know, you can, you can put with, uh, some people and how they feel about like, uh, some, some current events happening and like what could happen. Right. And so mm. it's, it's that kind of it, like, they already kind of touched on like how that can be a very scary thing for just anybody anyways um and then yeah on top of it like we're talking like th this is a a dominantly black community so that adds so much more levity uh well not even levity just gravity to all of their already um you know issues for uh you know black culture and things like that so um i i, I agree like jen um they did some good <laughs> stuff for her that yeah like i think hopefully <laughs> will lead to like the next season um with jen just acting so much less of an idiot um that would be great um just she is uh, cute, there, though. yeah i i, I mean <laughs> there, there is that going for her but like that only goes so far because it was just it's it's like it's one of those things where like mike says like you didn't learn the lesson and like so many times like people try to teach her a lesson and she's like nah i'm just gonna do what i want to do and you're like but but they've told they, they they've shown you not not even just told you they've shown you why that's a terrible idea um by their own experiences and uh it, it reminds me of people i know in real life they're like no it'll be different for me and it's like no it won't like you're just walking the definition of insanity really but um but yeah no uh i i thought god they just they went to so this show goes to so many interesting places um you know we we talk about uh you know it, it talks about racial disparity and all of that which is just amazing and fantastic um i think that representation not having personal experience of course but being able to talk to like mike and other uh, other folks who who maybe have had those experiences being able to relate to this show so much is just phenomenal um also touching on like things like addiction oh my gosh this season yeah. with with the whole addiction issue and everything like i know people who have suffered addiction um still suffer addiction and like this was all that kind of stuff like they they wrapped it up in this just nice bundle of like not only what that person's going through but what like their friends their family like what they go through and trying to help them and like it was just oh so she, good she tried to fish the pills out of the toilet yeah i'm like okay you will commit okay, to this, this role this is hit home like the, the dangers of addiction to me in a way that nothing else could oh yeah like it was just like oh my oh. gosh like they just they sell it and, and this is what i think keeps establishing this show is just while it's part of the cw shows and like officially uh as i'm sure we'll get to part of the same universe as these it is <laughs> it's one of those where it's just like this show still stands apart on so many different levels like it's just well, i loved i loved how right after crisis they have okay jefferson goes back to freeland and then it's just kind of like gamby's like don't, don't don't ever talk about this thing again like you know because you know it's like it's it's so far removed from anything and, and you don't want people to know that like things are different or whatever and then they never mention it again so it's just like yeah we were kind of forced into this crisis thing because we're all part of berlanti on the cw but, oh i know like, well yeah, and we... it is it's just this footnote of the show where where he just basically kind of does an aside and he's like i helped save the multiverse and then like they never talk about it again like that's it <laughs> they did it one time they did it one time because i remember it was a family dinner 
like a couple of episodes after yep. he was because like we're all we're putting everything on the table all the truth i'm in love i think we're gonna marry her uh i have an addiction um i'm a teenager ha ha like <laughs> uh, i saved the universe so <laughs> always got one up us dad Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just like moved on it was like what okay but yeah my no, only think... problem with this, see, the problem the basic problem with the premise that black lightning is in the same universe as everyone else is that especially since he ended up in in either star city or central city i guess it was central city after everything fused back together he should have been like Hey, there's this rogue government agency that's taken over my city. Hey, <laughs> Superman, Supergirl, Flash, why don't we all head over to Freeland? You guys help me sort this thing right. out, and then you guys can go home. <laughs> and it's like right. the fact that he didn't call in other people, like the other very super-powered people to help with the ASA. Like I was like, this makes no sense at all. Hey, have Diggle call Lila and be like, hey, we need Argus to come here and shut the ASA down. Something. I mean, come well, don't on. Worry. I have the answer to that. I have the answer to that. Okay. It's because of the lockdown. Now, when he came back and told Gamby, like, hey, Gamby, I'm back. I'm like, I didn't know you left. So the universe is merged without Black Lightning really understanding that everything merged. So mm. he didn't know that they were all in the same universe. So when he got back to Freeland, he was already in the mindset of that's what's going on. Then at the same time, in Freeland, because of the police state, all the news is locked out. So they couldn't show any new information about Central City, about Star City, about anything that they got from the outside world. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Since he was outside, though, when crisis happened, he could just be like, hey, guys, I'm going back to Freeland, and this whole lockdown thing is just a story. You guys come with me, you know, and we'll take care of this thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and, and I said, like, Odell. Oh. <laughs> like, one of my favorite villains, I think, across the CW shows, like, as a whole, like, if if we you know we we go from you know the the entirety of the Arrowverse as it is, mm. um, God hands down just just cold cold as ice like this guy is sub zero in in the way he executes things. Oh, you're giving me an idea. Like uh, now I want a show that's like Slade Wilson, Agent Odell, and Lex Luthor like on the show together. Right? Oh, <laughs> they're just they're just so diabolical diabolical yeah um and and yeah no like as you mentioned like he he liked the podcast and and i remember because you had you had like shared the link because it was a quote for me where i was just like okay so from now on after season two like if he could just randomly appear everywhere <laughs> yes. that would be great and then that was like so much of this season is like he does he just like shows up and people and it is literally it's what like the first what first or second episode it's like i think it's the very first episode like mm. um he shows up at her at the house black lightning and his wife like they're having a moment and then like and it's getting hot and heavy and then suddenly odell's just there sitting there <laughs> watching him and it's like, so awkward and i was like he did it he did the thing <laughs> yeah my wife and i looked at each other and screamed because we had talked about that whole thing <laughs> of like you know like yeah it's just gonna be like he's just there in their bedroom like sitting on their bed like staring at them as they're making out or something oh don't mind me <laughs> right it's like uh black lightning writers uh thank you for taking our tip we appreciate right, yeah. it <laughs> again uh, overall a pretty phenomenal series uh like like season to me um yeah. which is why it's like really disappointing when i go out and i look at like overall ratings from like season one across season three and it's like this 
just slope down. And I'm like, come yeah. on, like get out there, people. Like this show is, it's hands down better written in many ways than a lot of the other CW shows. And I think it's just better written from a realism standpoint. Mm. And maybe that's what like turns people off is they're like, no, it's too real. And I'm like, yeah, but this is stuff that definitely like doesn't get talked about enough in a lot of other shows. Like it doesn't get tackled in the same way, in my opinion. So man, I'm, I'm excited for, for, for the next season. I want to see them continue just as they are. I completely agree. Like I've been disappointed that black lightning isn't getting better numbers because yeah, I mean, it's, it's so hard hitting in the writing and it just seems like, I mean, I don't know why it is, but it just seems like, and maybe it's just because, you know, people who are helming these shows that are about superheroes of color just know how important it is that they're bringing their A game. But it's things like this, Luke Cage, Black Lightning, or I mean, sorry, uh, Black Panther. They're, they're all so good, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, they're so ridiculously good consistently. And it just like sometimes makes me wonder, like, why, why are we getting like such lousy writing out of like, you know, Supergirl and The Flash and, you know, some of the other shows when they can obviously do very well-written shows. It's just, uh, you know, that's, yeah, anyway. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, for me, um, uh, that first half of the season uh, before Crisis, I thought was incredibly strong. Um, when they start putting kids in cages, like as like the first scene of the first episode, and I'm like, oh, we're throwing down the gauntlet, you know, on this show. You know, and again, it's like they're trying to talk about topical you know, things, topical issues, you know, within the context of the show. And, you know, uh, as we go through this, like you guys mentioned, they talk about addiction in this one and, you know, all the stuff with like the government overreach and everything else in Freeland and locking everybody down, but not in a way that's like, you know, a way that there's actually, you know, like not to say I'm talking about lockdown from coronavirus because that's different <laughs> people, but like, you know, forcing everybody to, you know, have curfews and everything else, you know, and that was, you know, really really good i felt and then i felt like post-crisis when they start talking about markovians and the markovian war it got kind of a little iffy to me for a while because it's like if these people are like able to operate like first of all how are they breaking through the barrier of the asa you know constructed and how are they here in such force in this city and b it's like shouldn't the military be involved in this if it's foreign nationals operating in our you know it's like it's weird that it's like this weird shadow organization like the asa and i don't know but then they brought in gravedigger and i was like oh this is really good again because <laughs> wow you know that's that's another great villain um so let's start unpacking stuff here um so one thing I was going to talk about, because he was one of my favorite parts of the first two seasons, is just how little Tobias is in this season. Did you guys feel like any kind of shock at like, you know, he's just kind of there as a cameo in some episodes? He doesn't really feel like he's much of a presence? I was perfectly okay with no with the limited Tobias that we got, to be mm. honest. He, I mean, he's locked up. Mm. It's basically a win on Black Lightning's shoulder. And now we have this new threat with the larger meta situation happening. So having a season with less Tobias was perfectly okay. The moments Tobias came into the picture, those were so impactful. And I'm not, and he definitely stole the scene. 
every time he was on camera, even against Odell. Like those two in that in the jail cell scene, showing the sunlight, that was mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, but Tobias stole the seat, stole the show every time he's on screen, and the buildup from him showing his weakness uh, or a sign of weakness that he was supposed to have being in prison, and then just seeing that he could be he could manipulate the situation. Got that kid who could read minds killed, jerk. Yeah, and but then uh, find out that he's actually one of the key elements to produce the meta vaccine, and then his his mind manipulation with uh, 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 Doctor Stewart, and then his ultimate escape. It's like this whole season might have had less to bias, but every time the bias was on <laughs> was on screen, it meant something. And at the end of it, it was there. That was the payoff. So I was perfectly okay with the less bias that we got because it ultimately paid off at the end. And now yeah. season four is going to be exactly what Luke Cage, what the next season of Luke Cage should have been. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I really liked though is that they made Tobias smart enough to put together that Jefferson is Black Lightning. Oh, of course. I mean, even I'm like, look at the hair, guys. <laughs> well, they the said in the first episode, like, it's the only time they bring it up. In the first episode, they talk about the fact that, like, when other people look at him, they see some sort of, like, weird distortion around his face. Yeah, so even yeah, though they don't right. show it so that we can see the actor, like, you're, so there's supposed to be some kind of distortion there. I mean, even, I mean, we could definitely grab a little budget from Flash to have that face yeah. going. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's something where they just want you to be able to see the actor's face, which is why they don't actually show us what the other people are seeing. But it would it would literally just take that one five second screen time, and that's all we needed. No, yeah. but anyways, but yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, Tobias figuring out that yeah Jefferson is Black Lightning, and just the dialogue that he used to prove it is like you know he's got a point. Like anyone else could put these two together. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Black Lightning shows up for the first time in years to save, you know, Jefferson Pierce's daughters. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. All right, so James, what did you think about Tobias in this season? I think, uh, like, Mike hit on a lot of really good points um, that I I hadn't really, like, even considered, and now that he said it, I'm like, oh, it renders so many things I thought. (laughs) Um, But, no, like, I mean, the thing is, like, I did miss Tobias, and I think a big part of that is... he he is a wonderful villain like he's he's not like again he's absolutely diabolical like he's a he's he's a smart man well Um, he's easily the most charismatic actor or at least the most charismatic character on the show yeah and so i think just being used to having him present constantly through two seasons it was just like it just it initially it just felt like there there was a piece of what is the norm missing and i was like this just feels off i need i need more but yeah no mike hit on some really great points like i mean that that like having him in lockdown and like really playing on the fact that because the thing is they always talked about tobias and the fact that he is an albino and what that meant but we never really saw exploration of exactly how that is a Mm -hmm. huge weakness to him um in the right circumstances in the other seasons like you don't it's not like anybody ever you know like catches him out in the daylight it's like every single scene that's shot it's always like 
at night. He's always in a building. Um, so really seeing uh, Odell exploit this um, to gain information because he is just heartless and it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but But it is kind of that moment of like, Tobias has really met his match in somebody who, and not even met his match, he's met someone who I would damn near say is like even more diabolical than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. I Now that I'm reflecting back on, on season two, uh, I don't know, because he did rip Khalil's spine <laughs> out. Yeah. So it's like, uh, Do we need he, to watch that he... scene again? I'm still <laughs> Oh. oh, I know. And so it's just like, it's, uh, it's like, oh, man, is, is he like, worse than Odell? <laughs> Odell would never get his hands dirty doing it himself, but I could that's totally fair. see him ordering someone else to rip somebody's spine out. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think that's the difference uh, that, that they establish very well between these these two is like they're definitely not friends. They're never going to be on the same side. Mm. And Tobias is absolutely the kind of guy who like he'll get his hands dirty. He doesn't care. Like whatever it takes to get the job done. He's the kind of guy who's like, if if my idiot lackeys can't get the job done, then you know what? I got to do it myself because I know it'll get done. Um, whereas, yeah, Odell, it's we we actually we very much see that even in this season where it's like he sends his lackeys to get the job done and they fail. And then he just sends more lackeys to try to get the job done or a more <laughs> efficient lackey to get the job done. So, uh, yeah, I it, like I said, it was it was strange to miss him. Uh, but at the same time, as Mike said, I think, yeah, season four, like. I think we're going to get some really good stuff out of Tobias Whale. I think we're going to see some really good stuff come come back out of that character. Yeah, no, that's what I'm hoping for, too. And, you know, I think about it, you know, about how, like, uh, you know, they put Fisk basically on ice in season two of Daredevil. And it's kind of a, you know, I can't help but compare Whale and, and Wilson Fisk from Daredevil because they do sort of occupy a very similar kind of character type of the, you know, the mob boss that works in secret and pulls all the strings and everything. But also, like, if somebody comes up into their house, you know, they're fine with wailing on them, you know, and doing whatever, yeah. you know, uh, of themselves. Um, so, so I got that. It's just like Whale has been such a major force in this show that it was very unexpected to me that he was going to be sidelined as much as he was this season. Whereas when Fisk is, I don't know, I felt like Fisk being put in jail at the end of season one of Daredevil had like, like I felt like uh, Tobias being put in the ASA was like, he'll be out in, a, in an episode. You know, <laughs> like I didn't think it was going to be permanent. And I don't know why, you know, it, mentally I felt like that wasn't going to be something that like actually lasted for a while but uh i did i did think that he was going to get out pretty quickly so you know um all right so that's um whale um we've been talking quite a bit about odell but there, there's so much to unpack with this guy i don't know like just the the fact that he's the one that got lynn hooked you know, we oh, didn't yeah. even talk Such about an that. Insidious way too. Like he did it so subversely because <laughs> it was like one of those where, like, I didn't initially, as an audience member, I didn't initially catch on that. Like that, that was even like remotely the case. It was just like, oh, she thinks that she got the formula right, but it went like, but it's it's clearly gone horribly wrong, and now she's she's in just that denial that there was ever anything wrong, and then it's like mm-hmm. that revealed that it's like, no, he orchestrated the whole thing. I was like, you 
diabolical son of a. <laughs> and even the way he 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 said how he uh, how he explained what he did, just sitting in his chair, not moving a muscle, didn't blink an eye. You just see his lips just move, and you just hear the voice. And he's like, mm. "What did you do? What did you do?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and I mean, like, in what he did with Khalil, you know, like, basically, like, turn him into this, like, a robot slave. I don't know if I should really be impressed or just mad about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, that's, Khalil turned himself into a pretty decent asset. All he needed was a good backbone. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, I, I said it. <laughs> I, I can, oh, no, no, I can see him saying that. The boy just needed a backbone, you know, <laughs> and just see like Odell like good. explaining. He just needed some support. And that's right. <laughs> oh, no. oh man, yeah, yeah. Oh god. I mean, it was that that was a bombshell for me just to see because I was not expecting Khalil to come back, and mm. here's Khalil. He's now uh, a member of this organization under control by Odell, basically a robot. He's like, okay. Holy crap, dude. You crypt keeper some stuff I see. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, the act like this is partially because I was at Dragon Con with the same time as the uh, guy. And I feel bad every time I don't know an actor's name. Let me see here. Um so Khalil is um um Jordan Calloway. So uh Jordan Calloway was at Dragon Con this past year and I had no do no idea he is a straight up comic fan. Like he and Cress yes. Williams have arguments about like Batman versus Superman crap like because Cress Williams is also a big comic books fan. <laughs> so the two of them actually have like arguments. They're like, oh yeah, like when we're like, you know, off, you know, and just like in the back rooms or whatever, like, yeah, we're talking about like who's better, Batman and Superman. <laughs> like that is amazing. <laughs> so I, I like already have like a pause more positive view of Khalil like this season because I know all that now. But um he sold that and I I don't know what like kind of training regimen or whatever that he did to like bulk up and, and become like you know Mr. Muscle, but like right. Dude wow cut. Like <laughs> I don't oh. know. I don't know what I have to do. But I need painkiller versus arrow steven you're gonna need to come back for one two episodes give me two episodes yeah. i'm gonna need that fight scene between them two yeah no i mean the physicality happen. there was like very well done and you know you can see his face for a lot of it so you know it isn't just like you know the uh the iron fist method of we'll do a quick close-up and then cut to like a bunch of like shots of fists and legs and you know it's like a stand-in because you, know, you can't they see just, the actor's they just face. shot it quickly don't blame him <laughs> i mean admittedly he's just fists and legs <laughs> oh man but yeah like the way he's like oh god like all the choreography they did with like painkillers fighting was like tremendous yeah like i i i, I will say like choreography this season was top notch like i think mm -hmm. on all fronts like especially for painkiller and i think that was just a, a necessitated facility where it was just like no he he's basically a robot so he's highly efficient he knows all of the forms of martial like they downloaded the matrix into him like he <laughs> he just is the walking embodiment of it um and so like i i was this uh, like oh man the first time you see him just in that like training room and mm. just break a bunch of guys i was just like 
they they took it up a level with this season. That's what they did. They they definitely took it up a level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know, I mean, it got a little CWE <laughs> as we as we sort of peel back the layers there, and Khalil comes out again, and it's all like, I don't want to do anything anymore because I'm a bad person. Because even though I was mind controlled and had no control over what my body did, I killed my mom. Right, and, and like... everybody will remind him of that at right. least once. <laughs> Every single character will be like. But man, you didn't have control. You didn't know. You can't blame yourself. And be like, but I'm gonna. And then like Gamby will tell him the same thing. And like, no, I was completely on the side of Anissa. No, he need to be put down. Gamby, we need to kill him. Those are the voices of reason. Let's do those two. Well, I mean, I totally get why Anissa didn't say anything to her sister because that was completely right. Like once you saw, because that was the thing that I found weird is like after she fights him and he poisons her and everything, like they, she never says anything to anyone like, yo, Khalil's alive, you know? And I was like, did she not notice it was Khalil? you know like i was having a hard time like with what's going on there but then it turns out that oh no she knew she's just like i'm not telling anybody because you know he needs to be he needs to be dead we don't need to do like a whole like oh he's really alive but he's not really him and blah, hey blah, i mean blah. those i mean those shades i mean those shades hide the hide, hide that face really well yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, that reminds me of a joke I saw recently where, like, Clark Kent puts his glasses down on the table and Lois is like, is that our table? It doesn't look like our table. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, the thing that surprised me, and I thought they really went for it, but then it turned out to be a slight cop-out, is when he shot um, Odell in the back. And I thought he killed him. I thought he was dead. And I was like, oh, my God, he killed Odell. But then he's like, I hit his spleen he'll live (laughs) so yay that means odell can come back at some point um you know (laughs) friend of the show bill duke (laughs) come on we got we're gonna need that legion of doom with odell we're gonna yes oh god like like oh let me think about this so yeah we need um we need the reverse flash um slade wilson lex luther alice from batwoman and Jean <laughs> odell all in like an episode of something together <laughs> my brain would melt like the scenery like there would be no scenery left like it would just all be eaten up <laughs> right <laughs> oh man um so- Oh my God! Could Agent Odell actually fund the Legion of Doom instead of Lex Luthor fund? Oh my God! Sorry. No, we need, we need to go. We need to go. I needed a few new flunkies. God. <laughs> Dang it, Bill! <laughs> the only guy who could get away with calling Lex a flunky. um all right so yeah no khalil i think khalil was really well done i did think that there was a little too much drama with the can you know painkiller versus khalil blah 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 but you know overall i think he did a really good job and i'm fine if like the new khalil wants to like you know kind of act like the cold-hearted khalil sometimes that's fine (laughs) because that was actually kind of cool um but um yeah so Let's talk about Lynn this season because Lynn went to a dark place. She went to a dark place. (laughs) And I kind of like, and again, this is like one of those shows where it's like, it's not like, you know, in Supergirl, it's like, 
all the allies, you know, like link hands and sing kumbaya, right? Like, it's like, we're all just good and pure and, you know, wonderful. And even when we pretend that we're bad, we're really just acting. And so it's okay. And then everybody will forgive us when it's over. And it's just like, yeah. But the like, the show was black- too real. The <laughs> show was absolutely too real. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, exactly. And I, tell, and I tell everybody when I talk about Black Lightning, you can take out the superhero aspect of it and it's still an amazing show. Mm-hmm. And because even all the superhero stuff that happens, it happens like for a bleep moment. Yeah. Like, because we for this, like, oh yeah, I have powers. I gotta go do power stuff real fast to even this stuff out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I definitely, I, I, I feel the same. Like, I feel like the fact that like there's superheroes is almost like a footnote to the rest of what the show tells you. Yeah, no, and that's what I told Cress at Dragon Con was like the reason that I appreciate this show is like we don't get a lot of like family drama superhero stuff, right? Like this is like, you know, like a feel-good family show first. And then there's like this whole superhero element on top of it. And like I love the Pierce family. And yeah. and I really love that aspect of the superhero of the show. The title character is a dad. You know, because we don't get a lot of those depictions of the dad as the hero. And yeah, I I I like it. Even like after this is this is the superhero dad after his career. This yeah. is like his retirement stuff. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, oh man, I'm being called be back here. into work. <laughs> I mean, I'm just happy they didn't get like Danny Glover like coming out of retirement. Like, I'm too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's one of the that's just the realest that we've seen from this with with Lynn. She she has always been family first. That has mm. always been her thing since season one. And she does everything to her ability without having abilities to protect her family, having to work for Odell, having to work for the ASA, uh, trying to work on these metahumans, trying to help the kids. Then all of a sudden this this Ebola-like virus comes out. She's working nonstop with it. And on top of all of this, she puts so much weight onto her own shoulders, as moms do, that all of a sudden now she has to fight addiction as well. And she doesn't even know she's addicted. It's not yeah. until she actually slaps Pierce, uh, Pierce in the face. It's like, holy God, did did she just hit him? Did, did, what kind of family drama did I just walk into? Because that took flashbacks from me. Mm. That was my, like reverse roles, but that was my childhood. Mm. I've seen that. I'm like, I did not want to see this or didn't expect it. I mean, in my superhero show. <laughs> holy too real. God. Too real. Too real. It was too real. <laughs> And it, literally, uh, Lynn, Stewart, Lynn Stewart showing that she's a strong mom and holding all of this. Then she has to fight addiction now. I'm honestly wanting to go into the writer room. Are we putting too much on this woman? Can <laughs> she can she have like a spa day? <laughs> Just a day to herself? Because <laughs> dang. Yeah. But it just proved it. But even fighting through the addiction, fighting through to cure the, uh, the, the metavirus and, and still trying to protect her family, even if it is against the ruling or even the thought process of, of Jefferson. Because Jefferson definitely has his own way. And I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Lynn's side on this. Jefferson definitely controls the room. Mm-hmm. As soon as he sees a problem, he's already in his little super mind hole set that 
I have to, this is the direction we need to go. We need to come up with a plan. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wh who said you need to do this? We, we have other things to worry about right now. It's like, okay, Lynn, yeah, bring them down the level. Bring them that, back to earth. We need to do this. Have that heart to heart. Lynn, I didn't really much care for Lynn last season, but, but I always still respected her as a mom. I respected her as a character. This season, she had so much put on her. I'm interested. I'm more now, I'm now wanting to focus more on season four. It's like, what's the recovery of Lynn? Let me, let me get the, the, the book of recovery, chapter one. <laughs> it's Lynn. Yeah. My name is Lynn. That's what I want to start seeing. Yeah. Uh, although my wife and I had some issue with the fact that depending on the episode, like it would seem like she could go a long time without getting her hit and she was just fine. And then like other down times it was like, oh, oh, I went 30 minutes past when I needed to take it. <laughs> I'm going crazy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, okay, like this isn't how this works, right? You know, either it's super duper addictive and this is a problem like really quickly or it's, or she can go a while without, you know, feeling it, you know, like get, get some consistency here people <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah no i um you know i i felt like it was a little um you know because her big thing was always like oh you know jefferson like black lightning is your drug you know like that's what you you do this because it makes gives you a rush you know and that's and you're endangering the family just so that you can have your high you know ooh, you know and that's why i always like had like kind of an issue with it it's like yeah no like this guy who is both like the greatest teacher slash principal like of all time and is also like saving people in the streets oh he's such a bad person you know <laughs> it's just like you know oh such a junkie it's so bad you know but then it's like okay in this season it's like she's like oh yeah i'm showing like all the signs of addiction I'm, that's cool you know <laughs> i'm good you know it's just like oh come on come on <laughs> now i'm speaking as someone who has never had an addiction to any kind of you know like i've never you know i've never taken any kind of drugs that have like a highly addictive factor to them so i guess i don't know but you know i i had a hard time with the fact that she couldn't like honestly take a look at herself you know and just be like oh, holy crap like even though i'm feeling this way at least i understand that yes i am addicted you know oh um, no you will no uh, addicts will not see it no um, they, they will look in the mirror and they won't see a thing because mm. james you were speaking that you that you had the uh uh background for addiction as well in, in some shape or form so yeah, you, I, yeah well like not me personally as far as like any addiction i've had uh yeah. i've been i've been very lucky to to, to skate by that but i've had family members that definitely have and yeah it's yeah like just like you said like they're they're not they're oblivious to it and it's and it's hard it's really hard especially like when you're the family members to it because they just don't see it and and it is it's very combative like that that moment oh man that moment between her and jefferson like you said where like she slaps him and it mm. just it's i've i've got family that have like talked to that point and like are living that now and it was just like oh man <laughs> i don't it's too real it's too oh, real. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i appreciate that like in writing and directing of that episode like they they did they they while it's too real, I think it's something that not enough people ever have to deal with in their lives and, and have mm. been fortunate. And, and God, I hope remain fortunate 
to never have to have somebody in their life that that it that goes through that or they themselves go through that because it like that is that was probably one of the most closely accurate depictions in television i think just overall of how addiction like the 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 real dark side of addiction and Mm. and and the things behind the scenes you just don't see yeah but i like what i liked about it and what i liked about the the her character wise is that all of this came from her desire to help people it's kind of like what mike was saying before you know she she knew that these kids were sick you know or these people were sick she wanted to help these people she thought that she could do something to like you know to help and and by doing you know if she could like just be more awake like man if i ever had the technical know-how to try to create something that would make me be awake more often i would do it too (laughs) because i'm always (laughs) like man if i could only sleep like four hours a day and feel fine like you know i could get so much done it would be great so i totally get that idea of i just want to be like awake more and more focused um so uh you know i i get that so i like that because it was showing you know like this wasn't just like oh like you know she needed like some sort of a high or anything like that she just she wanted to help people and then that like sort of spiraled into like the slippery slope of where she went and that's always the best kind of way of doing this is not to like create black and white characters but to have people make questionable choices and just have them spiral out um, yeah from there um, but uh yeah, let's. Uh, well, I mean, we're talking about him a bit anyway. Let's just move on to Jefferson. Um, Jefferson, he saved the universe. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> All right, so so he's kind of a. He was kind of a. He kind of didn't have as much to do this season. But did anyone else feel uh, awful that? Um, oh God, um, what's his name? The the police chief. Um, oh, Henderson. Yeah, Henderson. Did anyone else feel horrible that they killed off Henderson this season? That, that, you know, we go into Flash. Ever since we found out Joe West is a remarkable guy. We go in every season. Right. <laughs> when are we going to kill the good dad? When are we going to kill dad? That's, yeah, I, I was a little worried this season of Flash, actually. But. <laughs> but he, and then, like, when it happened to Henderson, it's like, whoa. Didn't, mm. Like, oh, he just got shot. Oh, he's going to be... Pierce, why are you crying? What what's going on here, guys? Well, yeah, and the thing that like hurts me so much is like the actor took to Twitter like right after the episode aired to like basically be like, yeah, like I was told like as I was recording this that my services were no longer required. And it's just like, man, so like this was not like he didn't want to leave the show. Like he was basically Aww. like cut. That makes it so much worse. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because, yeah, like when an actor wants to leave, it's like, well, there's nothing really the show can do. I mean, if they, you know, I mean, they could try offering money or whatever. But I mean, like, if somebody wants out, there's not really much you can do. But like, yeah, this sounds like he was just like told to leave, which makes me worried about next season. Because I'm like, you know, Detective Henderson was like one of the, or I guess he was Captain Henderson now. Like he was one of the things that like made that like grounded the show in realism is having this like, you know, Jefferson had this close relationship with someone that was like a regular cop. 
And like now I'm worried that it's gonna try to like be more superhero-y kind of in the next season. I'm like, no, no, I like Black Lightning because it is this grounded yeah. show. Don't like try to make yeah. it like let's deal with stuff like the Flash does or you know, something like that. So Well, and even I would say outside of that, like he's he's that character outside of Jefferson's family. Cause like it's mm-hmm. you understand like that family dynamic where you know your family are like your harshest critics. Like that's right. just you know how family tends to work sometimes. But it's like, no, this is the guy on the outside of the family who's just like we grew up together like we're best friends and you never like in season two it's like you never told me any of this like how could you hide this from me and so then we come back to like he is just that that uh that anchor uh in the real world outside of family for jefferson to be like no you're you're acting like an idiot Mm -hmm. and and you're being stupid and and you you know work with me like not against me i'm your friend i'm here to help you man yeah especially everything henderson did because i mean throughout the season up until we found out that he was running the the resistance like henderson was what he was just playing the he's playing he was being played the fiddle he was being the voice of something he didn't want to do Mm -hmm. and he and having to round up all these people basically be the quote-unquote uh b word for the asa and be that front man to take all the blame and then finally he was the leader resistance he did such a remarkable job but of course him and black lightning didn't really agree with the uh, with the methods trying to get to the end of the road but henderson definitely like you said it grounded it it -hmm. gave hinder it gave jefferson that realization of what really needs to happen and remind him that yes, you are a superhero, but you're also a member of the community and you need to keep that in mind. Yeah. That's what, that's why I'm worried. Like next season is just going to be about the metas or something like that. It's going to get too far removed from that sort of reality angle. And that's, I'm just, I'm just leery. Cause I, I just can't figure why they cut him. Yeah, it was. I will have to say, cutting Henderson was definitely a mistake. Uh, I'm not. I am not 100 trustworthy on how Jefferson's going to go in the season four, and and even the direction where where things could be heading. Because we're definitely going to go into. There's all these metas. What are we going to do? Yeah. From all the backlash that Grave Digger brought, what are we going to do? And now the police force is out of its out of its uh, leader, and so the police force has no leader. And we have not ever in any of the seasons met any other officer that was, one, on the side of the people. And two, we were never given anyone else's name. We're going to come into season four with a brand new police chief that just comes from anywhere in the world. Unless Unless it's Joe West. Unless he takes a shot. <laughs> you know, or maybe that's what they want. Maybe they want next season for it to be like the new police chief is someone who's like opposed to Black Lightning or something. So there's that sort of antagonism angle between the police and Black Lightning. But man, I hope and, not. And especially with Tobias Well obviously coming back, yeah. the police chief, it would not surprise me if they do an angle where the police chief sides with Tobias for whatever, because Tobias is an upstanding businessman. Right even though all his police file says otherwise. Mm. But the police chief sides with him and not side with Black Lightning, and we're going to have that kind of confrontation. I can just see it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, anyway, I was, I was, I, <laughs> I sidelined to Henderson because, you know, yeah. Jefferson and Henderson are kind of like linked in my head. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so like Jefferson this season, you know, I did like that they kept him as sort of like the, 
you know, I am the, you know, sort of level head here. You know, I am the one who's like, no killing. You know, we're not going to sink to their level. But, you know, I am going to protect this community and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I liked, I liked that side of things as well. I'm not sure, though, that we got a whole lot out of Jefferson this season. We, we really got Jefferson as, as a detainee at the beginning of the season with being in the ASA to really, I guess, learn his powers and whatnot. Uh, and then once he's released, and this is, of course, everything pre-crisis, he, he's a detainee, he learns about the, uh, about the martial law, about the closed state, basically, and trying to wrap his head around that, seeing all the, seeing everything happen to his school. Mm-hmm. That is just, and of course, in everything that he's been taught, everything he's seen, this is all goes against it. And how everybody is perfectly okay with it is, a, is just a reality shock to him. And he feels powerless because he can't do anything because he's under the thumb of Odell. I did like that they showed the principal from, you know, last season, the one that was put in charge. Um, You know, he was only very briefly in this season, but I did like that they showed him because we talked about the fact that, you know, we were glad it wasn't like such a black and white situation with this guy. He was just kind of out of touch that they showed that. Yes. I mean, this guy was also against what the ASA were doing, dragging kids out. It wasn't just like a because I'm the bad principal. Yes. ASA take these children from the school, but he was like coming out there being like, Hey, you can't take him. And then of course they beat him down. And then Jefferson comes out and it's like, what are you doing? And they beat now, him hold down. On. I'm, I'm, look, we can give, we can give that principal, we can give that principal props all you want, but we are not going to forget the first time we see him. And it's like, well, congratulations, Mr. Uh, Mr. Jefferson or Mr. Pierce. Yeah. You're now the guidance counselor with more money and a bigger office than me. Hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, at the scenes later, he's stopping the people from taking the kid. And it's like, okay, good job, dude. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't forget. I'm not forgetting him. <laughs> yeah, so uh, James, what do you think about Jefferson this season? Yeah, I mean, I think we see we see Jefferson in, in much more of just, um, like, outside of, like, the beginning of the season where we see him, yeah, as I said, like, as a detainee and kind of uh, under that subjective rule from, um, you know, the ASA and everything and just kind of like, you're, you're, you're going to be a good superhero. You're going to do what we tell you to do. Because if you don't do what we tell you to do, we'll just kill your family. It's that simple. Um, so it's it's very much like it, I don't think it's a new threat, so to speak. Because like he's always worried about his family. Like mm. um, he's always uh, like that's always been his primary focus. Is like he understands to a certain degree that his superheroism is always putting them at risk. It's always putting a target, not just on his back, but on the back of his family. If anybody should ever discover who they are, which as we see, Tobias puts two and two together very simply. And well, that'll make all kinds of interesting. Um, But yeah, it's, it's one of those where I think we saw him in much more of like just the superhero capacity this season. Like we see him, uh, like I felt like I saw him primarily as mostly black lightning throughout the season where we see him in the suit more often than not. Um, You know, he's, he's doing a lot more and trying to be out there. It's like every time like the the refugees are trying to escape, there's like something going on. It's like, he has crisis with family and his family's like, there's a crisis here. And then, you know, Anderson calls him. He's like, you got to get here, man. He's just like, I got to go guys. And he just goes (laughs) to deal with that. 
Well, well yeah, because um, I mean, most of the season was just Jefferson trying to hold it all together. I mean, yeah. there's not a lot new. There wasn't a lot of character building or whatever. It was just like, holy crap, like oh, my whole family is like self-destructing here. And what do I do about <laughs> like, like, you know, Jennifer's becoming like a fascist, you know, Anissa's like just going like crazy, like off in, in whatever wild thing she thinks, you know, Lynn's becoming an addict. It's like, ah, there's not enough of me, <laughs> which I can also relate to as a father. So it's yeah, it's kind of like oh, oh yeah. man. And then on the side, somebody. And then on the side, it's like oh yeah. And then you have your side job that you have to maintain, <laughs> otherwise the whole town will lose faith in everything. Oh, like no yeah, pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Yeah, where were whole- you while the school was being invaded? <laughs> um, about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I agree. I I don't feel like there was a lot that we saw as far as changes or major developments. Um, in all honesty, like uh, his role in Crisis, while it was, they they tried to make it feel like it was a very pertinent role, it was so small right. <laughs> that I was just like, I mean, did you guys need to pull Black Lightning into Crisis? Because hey, I hey, feel like he, he sat at that to. table at the end. Okay, he, <laughs> he sat, sat at, at the table. The table. So that means when they do Justice League, he's going to be there. That's why it was important. Because, yeah, I agree. For the actual crossover, like, he did nothing. But the fact that he sat at the table, that that had meaning. Hey, hey, he did something. He made sure that that thing had power so Flash could do his thing. (laughs) He He electrified that thing. He was important. He was a key piece puzzle. I'm not I'm not going to talk about that scene. (laughs) the cop-out scene that for years we've been told Barry vanishes at crisis. It's like, we didn't say which Barry neener, neener, neener. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that was the lamest cop-out that they could have done after six years of build-up. But anyway, let's put Clever that aside. Girl. Now we're talking about Black Lightning. <laughs> we're talking about Black Lightning here. <laughs> All right, so um, all right, let's go to Anissa. Um, I kind of got what they were doing with Anissa. I, I, you know, she's always been more reactionary. She's always been like the the person with the fire in her belly. You know, like we got to make a difference. We got to do this thing. You know, um, I did like that she was part of the resistance. But the whole thing where it's like, Dad, just because you have more experience than me and are smarter than me, like you shouldn't tell me what to do when we're doing stuff together. It's just like, holy crap you are gonna have this meltdown during these operations that are really important and you're gonna like make a big deal about how he should defer to you it's like oh my god (laughs) why and then he does and i'm like why you're more experienced than she is this is not right i mean i get it you want to be able to like feel like confident in herself or whatever but it's like now is not the time <laughs> let's you know let the guy who knows you know more like do the decision making oh that that annoyed me towards the end of the season when they started going in that direction but otherwise yeah. <laughs> i totally got you know like everything she was doing trying to get metahumans out of the city you know all that kind of stuff i was like yeah no i get it and i get that she's risking herself and her dad doesn't like that but you know that's what a hero is a lot of yada you know like and, and her fights with Khalil, like that fight, that was great. <laughs> that was a good. That was a good fight. Yeah. 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 I, like I'm not. I'm not an advocate for like parental, like physical violence to your children. But there were so many points I got to where I was just like, 
somebody should slap her. Like somebody <laughs> should just reach out. Just just not like severely, but just like enough to let her know like you're way out of line and you're stupid right now. Like would you knock this off? <laughs> I, I can't believe how she treated the purdy. Yeah. That that broke my heart how demanding she was. Yeah. It's like well, you took this money, you're gonna do what I say. It's like hey, you're worse than right, Sanji. All right, I'll show all right, you worse. All right. All right. So so I, I I hope I don't offend anyone with this, but okay. The 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 pierces, they're kind of privileged. Okay. They're not <laughs> <laughs> they are people of color, but they are people of color that live in a mansion. It's way bigger than my house. Okay, so I mean, it's like, I think she's coming there as a princess, basically saying like, oh, yeah, hey, you just jump to the, you know, whenever I say, you know, how high, you know, <laughs> you know, you jump. I mean, I mean, every time we, the new student is introduced to Jin, she's the queen of Garland. That's right. <laughs> she is the queen of Garfield High. That's right. Yeah, Garfield, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, no, I mean. There, there are there are levels of privilege, and they definitely sit on one. <laughs> but it's but it's but it's amazing though that they are definitely at that stature. Uh, I'll even say stature of money and and uh, and how they look and everything. And yet, every time there have been multiple times where, especially the fact that Jefferson got beat down in front of his school by the ASA over nothing. Yeah. Like you could like showing that they are definitely in a type of privilege, but because of the color of their skin, they are knocked down into the dirt. Just like holy crap, yeah. like that is just insane to me. Yeah. Well, no, and that's what I was trying to say is like there are yeah. different kinds of privilege. Wealth is one of them, but yeah, I mean they definitely are still. You know, they showed that ever since the first season when Jefferson was just pulled over you know, for no reason, just, you know, right. so the cop can be like, Hey, what are you doing here? You know, all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, I mean, Nissa took a, took a dark turn uh, this season with definitely trying to help the medicates out. But like, I always go back to how, tr how rough that she treated the Purdy and to, to basically force them to keep these metas, even though they didn't want to, they couldn't. And I mean, the fact that she yelled at a guy who did sign language, He's like, is that a threat? It's like, yeah, it is. I'm like, he's no, Anissa. <laughs> this, this is not thunder. This is not the thunder I know and love. But uh, yeah, turning into Blackbird, definitely show her dark side. When she wore the thunder outfit, she definitely got that, like that glow with her. Like she's positive. She's like, yeah, we're back on team Black Lightning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when she put on that Blackbird outfit, that weird mask that wouldn't really stay proper on her face <laughs> in any shape or form uh when she turned to that it's like man she's she's cold-blooded hey mike you know you either die a hero or live to see yourself become the villain hey oh <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh so anything else about anisa anyone wants to say uh, I mean, I guess she's, bare, she's uh, better than Jen. <laughs> All right, Fair. so let's move over to James's favorite character, Jennifer. Uh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, no, it's Mike's favorite character. Mike, why don't you why don't you talk to us about Jennifer? What what are you feeling with Jennifer? Jen, you are the worst. <laughs> you are the absolute worst. <laughs> you know, I mean, she just wants to be a fascist. It's okay. God. <laughs> 
Oh man, it's definitely she. She got into a uh, into a bad situation. To be honest, yeah. Her her mom is a workaholic working with the ASA. Dad's basically locked up with the ASA. She's just having to go about living her normal school day, and she still treats her powers as oh, I feel like such a freak. It's like I'm tired of that sentence from her <laughs> from the get go. You are a family of superheroes. You have seen other superheroes. Your boyfriend, who lost his back, became a superhero. Okay, <laughs> he be, he got meta powers. He's it's all of this. You are not the freak. Your boyfriend, who has no spine, is the freak. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I went there. Yeah. Uh, well, until until she can find someone who can take her energy, then yeah. she's okay with it. Yeah, yeah this- I, I really expected that to turn into some weird thing towards the end of the season with her and Khalil and oh, what was that kid with the Earth powers? What was his name? Um, oh, I can't even remember now. I feel so terrible. Yeah, but anyway, with him, I thought that yeah. was going to turn into some weird love triangle thing. Thankfully, they didn't do that because you know we didn't need yeah. that. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Um, we, we don't need those Supergirl plots in, uh, in Black Lightning. <laughs> but no, it's. Jin is is we I still understand she's a child, but she but she doesn't grow up. She still lives in the world that she can be normal. And Odell getting to her to be this basically secret agent was a smart play on Odell's part. And because she's so young, she's easily manipulated. And because both of her consciences her uh is it conscience? Con- conscience. Both of her shoulder, or both of her shoulder angels, are basically working for him. So obviously, there he's the good guy. So yeah, I'll do some stuff for you, sir. Why not? Let's blow some stuff up. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. See, she basically got the storyline that I wanted for Anakin Skywalker, which was like the path to hell is paved with good intentions kind of thing, where it's yeah. like, where it's like. I think that I'm helping people by doing all these things that are oppressing people until the point where it just becomes natural to do that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but I mean, we obviously didn't go that way because after crisis things, you know, kind of snapped to where, you know, she saw the two other possible gens and, you know, she kind of changes her ways and everything. But I was actually thinking that they might go with the idea of like Jen actually joining the ASA and being like, you know, Jefferson basically loses one of his kids to them. And I thought that would have been a very interesting way to go with the show. That would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Is to have Jen like go really dark. Uh, yeah. like permanently or at least for a while um so I mean, even yeah. in that crisis episode i mean we saw jennifer from i guess earth prime mm. who was locked up and and basically she used her powers to stop everything but she turned her father and her daughter and her sister to normal they lost their meta powers mm-hmm. which was wild and then we saw Jin, with which was spelled j-i-n-n and merely, I'm like, when did you become Kryptonian? <laughs> What's with this Kryptonian outfit you're wearing right here, girlfriend? Yeah. And she just went. I loved how every time that she was basically this bad person, she always went to her father to have basically this argument for no reason because she's made up her mind. She knows she's doing good, but she's wanting to come to her father to just to prove and to show that, yeah, I'm doing the right thing but I still need your approval secretly, but you're not going to give it? Cool. We're still going to have this argument, though. Like, 
Like every time she went with him, it was like it was a cry for help. Mm-hmm. And I think Jefferson knew, but at the same time, it was like, you know what? You just hit your you just hit your mother with your lightning. I gotta put you down. Yep. So Jin, and after that crisis, that crisis episode should have woken Jin up about the what she was doing pr- uh, previous to Prius uh, crisis. What she was wanting to figure out, like, oh, I'm such a freak. Like, no, you're not. You're normal. You're you're absolutely normal now. That episode was supposed to be the wake up call. Until you get to the part where it's like, we gotta kill Odell. You didn't learn a thing. Right. <laughs> you didn't learn a thing. He needs to be put down. You didn't learn, Jen. Ugh. Why? Well, after she decided that like Whale needed to die last season, things turned out pretty well for her. I mean, she didn't actually kill Whale, but you know, <laughs> they took him down and everything. So I guess she felt like all I gotta do is declare someone's gonna die and then everything will go my way. <laughs> And she actually tried to kill Odell. She actually shot yep. the lightning to the hologram. I was like, whoa. Yep. She, she pulled the trigger. Okay. Friend of the show, Bill Duke, is too smart for that. Too smart. <laughs> too smart. <laughs> All right. So, James, uh, thoughts on Jennifer? Like, if anybody should have gotten slapped harder by her family <laughs> than Anissa, it should have been Jen. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Like, it, it, it was a lot to deal with. And and that's the thing is, like, I, I always find her to be a lot to deal with, like, every season. I'm like, because initially it's like, yeah, those first two seasons, I'm like, okay. But, like, she's, like, a young teenager and, like, teenage. Like, I, I've got a teenage niece. And, like, anytime we've gone out to visit, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, how how do you just not listen to anything how is this possible <laughs> so i mean i get it like they're definitely portraying a teenager pretty accurately um but yeah like i mean we we get like like i like that big reveal at the table right like no secrets this is like i killed people and i was just like that's almost worse than literally anything anybody <laughs> else at that table has said in that moment and they all just go uh-huh okay okay all right okay and they just like move on and i'm and then and then from there it's like jefferson's like i saved the multiverse and i was like wait wait no 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 no. we gotta back up for a second here she she just said she murdered people that table was no judgment james (laughs) no judgment i'm just saying if i was a parent i would have immediately judged my child and been like no no we need to have a discussion now i mean i said no judgment but i wasn't expecting that i was expecting you'd be like i most likely killed a bunch of people um yeah uh, going back to like brandon is the 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 character uh, uh yes yes or, or as we come to find out geoforce and i was like i don't know how i feel about this um, like oh my I don't god know, like, it just dawned here, on me yeah i was here and there with that character because like there were moments i was like yeah no i i feel what he's saying like i absolutely understand his whole like i I need vengeance. Like this, this evil doctor like was responsible for killing my mom and I'm going to like, she's going to get her due. Like I, I understood that to a degree, but yeah, like they, the CW did what the CW does, which is they CW'd it. Uh, just, they made it hyper dramatic. Um, so much so that like, it just, it kept distracting from things. And I was just like, God, like somebody, somebody needs to slap you. And somebody needs to slap Jen, like, like <laughs> both at once. Like if we could just one hand and both of you, like that would be great. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I did like the fact that like, I do like the fact that when Jen commits, 
she commits like yeah. 100% nothing stands in her way like um i i mean at least it's true for her character so to speak um and and i i think it would be way worse if like they made her wishy-washy whereas it's just, like she commits on some things but other things she's like no come on guys isn't peace the way like 100% of the time if she's like said <laughs> on like that guy's got to die that guy's got to die through the whole thing <laughs> no matter what <laughs> I mean, I do, you know, you're right. I will respect that commitment, Jen. I will respect that commitment. <laughs> but yeah, like her, like, uh, and, and the thing is, is like, I, I, I'm with you. Like, I thought they were going to do something with like this whole, like, like, like trio romance thing where it's just like, she's into Brandon, but now she's like caught in between Khalil and Brandon because Khalil's back. And I was like, oh, please don't. Can we? Please I'm so don't? happy they didn't. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really glad that they, they, they did a very good job of avoiding that. Um, I appreciated that, like, like the, the relationship with her and Khalil is still, like, more than anything, definitely a very deep friendship. That no matter what happens between the two of them, like, they'll always be there for each other. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's like how, like, you know, he's, like, downloaded, like, every, like, form of combat known to man. He's going to be like, I have downloaded the Kama Sutra or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know all like written works like they've ever written on love make <laughs> it's like you have a choice to make now as soon as you're an adult and it might be the hardest choice of your life <laughs> oh man um you go for the guy who absorbs your powers and can move the earth or <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what we mean by move the earth <laughs> It's definitely not the motion of the ocean. <laughs> uh, and another character who I felt like was very sidelined this season was Gammy, who the first two seasons was one of my favorite characters. But like this season, I felt like Gammy was just kind of there being like, yeah, well, rah, rah, rah. Like, oh, and by the way, this like absolutely brand new tech that the ASA just came out with to create you a new suit, Jefferson, I can hack that. <laughs> You know, it doesn't matter that I'm like 15 years out of date because you know of how long I've been out of there. You know, like I could totally hack their brand new tech and, and make it so that they can't track you anymore, control the suit or anything. It's good. Right. Gamby's good. <laughs> he's not the tailor for nothing. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, but like, I mean, yeah. but, I mean he's, he's dead. He, oh. he had to be in the, in the lightning cave the whole time. Right. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's the problem. Like the show, like this is the problem with the show. Like they always have like some like hero plot that they want going on. And then they have this other stuff going on in the background. And then it's like the stuff going on in the background doesn't get resolved. Like we just got like some of the Lala stuff from season one finally resolved in season three, you know? And and the Gamby like getting assassinated plot from season two finally gets resolved at the end of season three. It's like, oh my god! Like, well, I mean, you got sixteen episodes, so right. they can only focus on so much. But but you're right. It's the Gamby uh, assassination plot storyline is finished. We found out who it was, and and even then it was like, <gasps> what? Yeah, but that I almost feel like here's the thing. I feel like we were shortchanged because like all the stuff with Lala and Lady Eve this season felt like it was almost happening in a different show because it didn't really go anywhere. It was just kind of like, yeah, we want the briefcase, the briefcase, the briefcase. And then it's just kind of like, yeah, we talk a lot about the briefcase and there's a lot of like cloak and dagger with the briefcase. But at the end of the day, 
you know, like <laughs> nothing really happens still. It was just kind of, uh, you I, know. I think that with Lady Eve and Lala, and, and you're right, we, we didn't get it settled within that season, but I think we're going to get Lala and Lady Eve uh, in season four hell of a lot more when Tobias Wells comes back. Do you think Lady Eve's still alive? Because I thought that she died at the end of the season. I thought I figured she lived. Although she could always be resurrected again by the dude. So I guess. By the Lazarus. Really, yeah. So I guess it doesn't matter because they can always bring her back. No, I was happy to see her again because that was one of the things that we talked about in the season one podcast was like, she seemed such an interesting character for them to just kill off offhand in the first season. And it felt like kind of a waste. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was good that they brought her back. And Lala, too. Holy crap. Yeah. Well, he's been around the whole time. He, he, he keeps has, dying. But... He keeps coming back like an episode later. It's just like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I love that he is definitely now just, he's okay with what he is. He he, no. he knows he has these powers. He's like, screw it. Watch this. Get <laughs> shot. Comes back. You see? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I like that he was trying to, I mean, it's kind of funny. It's kind of almost what we're seeing right now with COVID, like in some areas where like it's the criminals that are actually like running the streets and being like, no, you people are all social distancing or we're going to kill you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, go into your homes. It's like, it's kind of funny because, you know, they've shown news reports from countries where that's the way it is. It's like, because the government isn't telling people to do it. Like the criminals are actually the ones getting people to like stay in their homes. You know, just so that it won't spread the plague. So, you know, it's kind of kind of interesting. But, yeah, you get Lala there as the guy who it's like, yeah, he's a criminal, but the ASA is worse, so we're going to go after them. And I was like, oh, man, that's cool. <laughs> uh, we'll take back our streets. Right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, any thoughts on Gamby this season, James? Um, yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I, I think the role that I did enjoy though with him is, is he, we get to see kind of the mentorship that he obviously mm-hmm. had with, uh, Jefferson when Jefferson was young and we don't get it in flashback form. We just get to see it with TC and right. TC, um, God, you know, I really feel for this guy. I really do. It's just like, he's like, uh, he, I mean, technically is as old as Jefferson, but he's still like a kid. So like his game is way off. <laughs> it's like not at all up to date with like people of the, like the current generation that are obviously like physically the same mentality and age as he is. Um, so it was really funny, like seeing like TC is this like awkward teenager that Gamby like takes under his wing and is just very much like trying to help and teach and like show like there is a world for him out there. It just might, be a challenge to like get there yeah, um, just, just imagine like having the power to talk to windows 3.1 being put to sleep and then having like the internet when you wake up <laughs> <laughs> just like oh my god there's so many things uh, <laughs> I, I did i did enjoy tc and especially psychic tc yeah. but as soon as he's like whoa 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 you're hurting i'm like oh don't be that guy <laughs> let's 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 talk to computers to understand them let's not talk with them talk mm-hmm. at them them. <laughs> right because yeah. all like computers even though they don't have complicated ai they all have feelings <laughs> yeah <laughs> but other than that like i yeah i don't know gamby gamby was mostly gamby just not 
as involved Gamby. <laughs> I, I like, like, okay, like, yeah, you can have Gamby be like the tech wizard that can do whatever, basically the Cisco of the show or whatever, but I don't that's want that. C- I was going to say, that's the CW formula. Right, I, like, I want Gamby to be secret agent Gamby that, like, like is, like, the like the good version of Odell that, like, a bad guy just turns around and Gamby's, like, right behind them with a gun, like, already pointed at their head. That's what I like. I like secret agent Gamby. Give me more of that. <laughs> and also of course cool mentor gamby that like is like you know jefferson you know like i love you like my son because like all those moments always make me go oh gamby you know <laughs> he's the best i don't want him with some new kid <laughs> i like it when he's with jefferson and his family so so heartwarming um but yeah, like uh, like f- wrapping things up though, we have got to talk about Gravedigger. Yeah, we do. Wayne Brady came in to kill some people. Oh His- man, that was like again. Like I love me some Odell and some uh, Whale, but man, you know, like again, we've been talking about like, hey, like the CW shows kind of suffer from like villain problem. It's like Black Lightning; all their villains are great. <laughs> It's like, I don't know how they do their A-game for all of them, but everything from the physicality of the character, again, to just this guy that, like, he he sells it as this is, like, just, like, a brick wall. You know, like, you don't want to fight this guy because he is unbeatable. And then just, like, the crazy power set they gave him of, like, everything. <laughs> it was just like, this is terrifying. You do not want to face this guy at all. Oh, man. And he was just so good as the whole, like, I am so, like, self-assured of both my moral correctness and my power level. And just that sort of just almost, like, I don't know, just deter- like not determination because that makes it st- sound like he feels like there's resistance. It's almost like this idea of I am the unstoppable force and I will have my way. It was just great. Yeah. Yeah, I I was it, it takes me back to so uh, I can't remember what show it was on, but Wayne Brady uh did like this little like side skit where like <laughs> at one point the line that he delivers, he's like in an SUV, it's dark. It's, it's, like, it's the Chappelle show. Yeah, it's the Chappelle show. And he goes, Is Wayne Brady gonna have to smack a bitch? And I, I was just like, that line embodies this character, like this whole show as Gravedigger, where he's just that, yeah, as you said, he's just that he's he's not he's not necessarily cold, but he is definitely calculated in mm-hmm everything that he believes like he this is a man who has had experiences far and away from what anybody else has has had and he is true to his convictions like he believes like he is the cure for the problems (laughs) of the world and his people Mm -hmm. uh and i was just like oh man like it's just oh he's just too good (laughs) which i never the thing is like i don't know wayne brady for anything dramatic like yeah no i like i knew him like whose line line is it anyway right exactly (laughs) and it's like both physically like like he seems way bigger in this than i ever thought of him in in whose line and then just yeah like everything about it is just like yeah this is not a funny character at all this is you know this is a serious threat Mm-hmm. Let's also remember that Wayne Brady did audition for Black Lightning to play Black Lightning. Ooh. 
Oh, I now now I'm thinking that would have been okay. You know, if somebody yeah. had just said that to me back in the day, you know, back in the day, I would have been like, oh, God, no, because I don't want it to be silly. But yeah, I found this out too it. that, yeah, he, he auditioned to play Black Lightning, of course, didn't get the part. And now three years later, he gets to play a main villain. Yeah. Yeah. And one that's not going away because they showed us at the end that he's, he's still around. And I don't think he's actually going to be a villain this time around because the with the ending, he got to see it. He got to see justice done. And for the whole over 100 years that he's been alive, he's never seen the justice done. And so uh, that was it's just seeing yeah. that sigh of relief was like, wow. I don't know. He almost strikes me as this show's Magneto. I think he'll be back as an antagonist because I still think he'll want to like liberate the metas and, you know, in some way create like a, like a meta state or, you know, like a meta community, like of their That's own. That's he was already doing. Like so, I mean, unless he's going to keep that, that whole, like, I'm still, I'm, this is still happening. Yeah. I'm still wanting to do this, but I'm going to do it like, you know, maybe less evil. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I, yeah. Oh man, I was so impressed with that character. I was very happy. Um, again, like because again, it was a character that like convinced you as to why like all these different metas would have a problem with him and everything. And that's always good when you have their heroes and another because that's the problem with whale is like, yeah, whale is like ridiculously strong, like against humans. But, like, Black Lightning shoots lightning, right? <laughs> He's not a physical threat to Black Lightning. He's a, he might be a threat because of his plots or whatever, but he is not a physical threat to Black Lightning. So you need a character that is a physical threat to Black Lightning, and I think that that's what we got with Gravedigger. You know, I wasn't even too upset about the whole MacGuffin that, he, <laughs> that he's apparently the great-great-whatever-uncle uh of black that he's related to black lightning yeah it's like well i remember my like uncle was lost in the war but they never said that he died he just was lost it's like this is why he has the original magazine that you have you are you are blood you're related and i just love it's like well kinfolk i'm like oh he is definitely from a long time ago right (laughs) (laughs) but yeah but Gravedigger did just was an excellent job. That was an excellent once again another excellent villain. Yeah. No, I know. God, they they're doing so well at this show. Um, and uh James, thoughts on Gravedigger? I I just I love him. Like I do. <laughs> um like the just again, like he's just not so much necessarily cold, but just extremely extremely calculated like the fact that like the way he just came in and like took control or it's just like uh the markovian general no longer like was even significant in any way shape or form um even while he was still like technically in charge i was just like the way he just brushes him off immediately takes like control of the screen like i i'm here i'm the ultimate authority i am the power and you're gonna do what i tell you to because i will convince you to do what i tell you to one way or another yeah and i always like it when the villains have like you know because like whale is obviously a guy that's just after power but this is a guy who again it's like the path to you know it's that 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 their good intentions have led him down the dark path kind of thing this is a guy that's got a point like you said look what they're doing to the metahumans you know like Mm -hmm. it's it's obviously wrong and so i like that kind of a villain of somebody who's just like we're just not going to take it anymore or we're going to you know we want 
retribution for something or whatever because like those aren't necessarily like evil people that's just someone that has been pushed to a level that they can't take anymore and wants to do something about it and then are making questionable decisions because of that yeah. um and and that's and that's why like i think there's a lot of meat there and a lot of stuff that they can go with the next season I, I really hope that they milk that character to you know really get some good you know storylines out of him but uh all right so um anyone or any particular like situation in this season that we haven't talked about yet that you wanted to james was there anything uh, you know i don't know honestly i mean we've we've covered a lot like there mm-hmm. there i think there's a lot of a lot of like minutiae in there for sure that like we could try to talk about but i don't think it's anything that is for sure important um to the rest of the overall like story that was this season i mean all in all like man it was just god so good it's just yeah. so good like <laughs> I, like there's not much else i can really say beyond that yeah uh, Mike, anything else you wanted to talk about with this season? Man, I thought I had stuff, but uh, I, I really think we touched upon everything that I wanted to. The show is just, it's so good. It's <laughs> really, it really is. Like, and again, I could probably go, I could probably download all the episodes, recut everything to take out everything superhero, and it would still be a fantastic show. But could you find the perfect scene to put in We've Got the Touch? um ooh, ooh. <laughs> this might need a second viewing okay <laughs> <laughs> i'll find it <laughs> all right <laughs> all right so let's talk about season six james what would you like to see in season six you mean season four no oh, season four. Oh my god <laughs> you, you were ready for season six of supergirl look at you that's right wow my brain oh, went off into so la la land good <laughs> um man what do i want to see out of season four black lightning um i mean definitely uh definitely want to see more of um our favorite uh villain there um why i'm blanking on it right now i don't know well which of (laughs) which of our favorite villains because there's a lot of them (laughs) yeah no i mean i always want to see odell pop back that's just because i'm convinced at this point that either he or somebody else is listening to this podcast at some point and i'm like here's an idea okay Uh, all right so here's here's what i want to see with odell like somebody's talking to him in prison and then they get distracted by something and they turn away and then when they turn back like he's just gone like the clothes like he was wearing are neatly full are like neatly folded in the corner on his bed or something and then it's like he's just gone he's vanished he's right oh for sure yeah uh (laughs) um or anything with uh our our favorite albino friend like i just Mm. ah both of those two like they're so good um i mean i think for sure we're gonna see stuff um you know going in that direction uh i i'd like to see us get back to um more well the thing is like i don't i think they've done really good development across the seasons with each of the jefferson like jefferson's like family like as far as Mm -hmm. all those characters there's some some solid um stuff there i think like (laughs) this is now like 
is she married is she not married did they finish that i'm not entirely uh, sure yeah i'm not really sure either <laughs> Uh, so, well, and again, I think that's just it. Is I don't think they ever really clearly defined it. So it'll be interesting to see if season yeah. four opens up and it's like, nope, she is. It, isn't or, she in a coma now, though, or something? Like, that, yeah, they, Grace is in a coma. Yeah. 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 So so there'll be some interesting plot points there. I do like Grace. Um, I like a lot of the things that they did with that character. And I think there's a lot more development to go there. Um, it'll be interesting to see like what further furtherment they well, do with like characters. My like, kind of issue with Grace is like they completely kind of like sidestep the fact that she's been murdering people as like a puma or something. And like it's, it's just like we just fine. completely ignore that. Come like, on, you can't really blame a tiger for things. Come right? They, they got a too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, you know, Peter will get involved. No, I, I thought I thought with the way they were talking in season two that she like absorbs things and becomes them. And that's why because they were saying like weird stuff about her family and stuff. And I was like, oh, like, so when she turns into the guy, is that like actually like a real guy that she somehow like absorbed or something? And I don't know. I, I, I now it just seems like she's just a shapeshifter. But either way, she's murdered people. So, you know, <laughs> totes. Look, she wasn't at the dinner table. She, she, we didn't. So we can judge her. <laughs> right. She wasn't in the judgment free zone. <laughs> yeah. So I just, uh, yeah. I, I, I'd like to see like a few little things like that in there, but man, just keep on keeping on. Like, I don't think there's like, I don't think there's anything I can, I can even remotely expect that would be satisfying, mm. other than just what they are they have been doing like if they mm -hmm. keep on with the track record that they've had as far as what kind of writing this is i'm i'm gonna be satisfied like surprise me because i'm i welcome it it'll be great all right uh and uh, mike uh anything that you want to see in season six or th four 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 three <laughs> plus one is four okay <laughs> uh like i said i'm looking for the book of recovery for for lynn Mm -hmm. uh i'm looking i am looking for just straight out street level thuggery with lala on the 100s lady e lady eve if she's still alive and and tobias wells we already know lala wants tobias but lady eve had the secret to how we can basically turn lala off and i don't know if she broke it or not so i really want lady eve to come back to have that kind of be that reinforcement for Lala going up against Tobias Whale and just just some good old street thuggery. Uh, we know we have the meta kids and, and meta people all over the place. Uh, we definitely need, I want to see what we can try and find them a home, but I don't want the show to be like The Flash. It needs to stay street level. It needs to be less meta intensive. And even though we had like all of these metas this season, we didn't utilize them because we could because we were able to keep everything here on the ground we didn't have to go all over the place uh so that's where i want i want street thuggery and, and and see uh how we can basically rebuild a community and even how the community is going to go with the death of their deputy chief lala in the 100s like are they going to actually look at lala in the 100s now as basically the police mm. Like this is going to be like some some great community building that we're going to see from this next season. I would hope we see from this next season. Yeah, every time they talk about the 100, I'm like, is this like a prequel to the CW show, the 100? <laughs> 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 it's like way far in the future, the 100 go out into space. 
But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely don't want them to just drop the thing of like, yeah, like Lynn like went cold turkey and she's good now. Like show some like show some fallout from that. Don't have it just be like, hey, it's a new season. We forget that whole addiction thing because um, that's not very realistic. Um, I do definitely want to see more Gravedigger in addition to Lala and Odell, of course, but. I think that there's a lot of room for him as someone who could, you know, like agitate in the meta community to, I mean, cause we say like, Oh, well he saw justice done, but he still hasn't had like exactly what he wants yet. I don't think, I think that he wants to see, you know, like a separate meta state or something along those lines of, you know, they're like a community that's just for metas or something like that. And so, um, that could definitely have some very interesting social and topical issues like merging that. Cause I mean, what we're basically doing is trying to create the X-Men like kind of situation without the X-Men, right? Like metas in the flash are never treated as like their own, like sort of like ethnic group, but black lightning is definitely going there. Right. So we can definitely talk about a lot of issues in society the same way the X-Men do uh, with using mutant mutants as the sort of insert any, race sexual orientation nationality whatever that you want to have any subgroup that's uh you know discriminated against for any reason so i think that uh, we can definitely go there with that i think that could create some really good storylines um but yeah otherwise just seeing how it is i mean much, much like you guys i want to see it stay street level don't have it be like oh here's our new meta villain of the week kind of thing because yeah that'll get old pretty fast and we've got shows for that and so i don't really need that um and yeah secret agent gamby let's have gamby still doing some awesome stuff just because he doesn't have meta powers doesn't mean that he can't be awesome so you know let him do that so all right uh so yeah uh that wraps it up let's say goodbye and let people know where they can find us online so mike why don't we start with you uh, you can correspond me over on Twitter at this is Trex, and then over on uh, if you guys want to watch MMO gaming or some random uh, anime gaming that I do, uh, head over to Twitch.tv/trexlight. All right, and James, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? Yeah, um, uh, good night all. And if you want to follow me out there, you can find me at Roman on the Rocks on Twitter, or just about any other social media platform. It's usually under that. Um, you can also my own little mini plug. You can find my podcast um, out there through Anchor.fm. Um, it's also on like Spotify and a bunch of other uh, podcast sites, Google Podcast stuff like that. But it's just under Roman on the Rocks, and you'll find me. James, Mike, thanks for being on the show this week. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap on Black Lightning Season 3. What did you think of the episode? Tell us what you liked, tell us what you didn't like, and you can do that in a variety of ways. One way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. Another way is to go to the website at 42cast.com. Another way is to go to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash 42cast. Another way is to tweet to us at 42cast. You can also leave us reviews at Stitcher Radio or iTunes. I also want to make sure that I mention the ESO Patreon. It's a way of supporting all the shows on the station, helping us provide the content that you like. It also gives you access to exclusive content, 
Some shows put early episodes there. Other shows have exclusive episodes there. There is a 42cast episode there. So you can check that out by going to patreon.com slash ESO Network. Another thing that I want to make sure that I mention is that episode 100 of the 42cast is coming up. Yeah, episode 100. I am very excited. Just going to be a few short weeks at this point. So what I want from you before then, you know, because I know I always call for feedback. I don't get a whole lot of it. I know that I get way more downloads than I get feedback. Let's put it that way. I've only had a few people send me emails. You know, one or two people have left messages on the website. A couple people have left comments on the Facebook group, etc. But there are a lot more of you out there. And even if you are someone who's commented before and given me feedback, what I want from you is I want an email, a Facebook post, a tweet, a comment on the website, any of those things, as long as you just make a comment or a question. What do you want to know? What do you want to know about me? What do you want to know about the show? What do you want to know about a geeky geeky topic? Like, hey, can you explain to me X or Y? Or what do you think of X or Y? Or anything like that. Or what does this member of the cast think of something? You know, so I would love to do a Q&A session like that. So if you're listening to this, you must have a question or a thought or something. So just do the thing. Go out to social media, send an email, anything. Just let me know. Any question can be multiple questions, whatever. Because then, yeah, I'll just answer your questions on the episode, and I think that that will be a fun kind of segment to do. Obviously, I reserve the right to exclude questions if I feel that they're not appropriate in any way, but I'm hoping that you guys don't send me anything like that. But uh, but yeah, so um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'm really interested in hearing what you guys want to know. So uh, So yeah, please do that. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, it's just, you know, keep on keeping on. I do still have the Time Streams podcast also, which is where Juliet and I are going through all the episodes of classic Doctor Who. For now, it will be new Doctor Who later. And we comment on the episodes, what we think, what we liked, what we didn't like, all that kind of stuff. So you can check that out. Called Time Streams. It's on all the same places that you get the 42 cast. So you can check that out as well. But yeah, I think that's the end of the episode now. Come back next week when Jennifer Lawrence will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off. You have been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2020. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.